0: Yes, of course, miscommunication is inevitable sometimes. And yes, when it happens, it can lead to tragedy or comedy. A lot back, Brother David Sedaris moved to France, where he enrolled in the school to studying French. He was the only American in his class. And as he explained to an audience back here in the States afterwards, the problem wasn't just miscommunication. No, it there was also his teacher, to be kind of mean.
1: Oh, she would throw to talk at people and stab someone in the eye with a pencil one day and would hold your homework paper over your head and show everyone the mistakes that you made. Um, so I wrote a story about her and she read it and I got thrown out of school. So, this is another story about her. It was my second month of French class and the teacher was leading us in an exercise designed to promote the use of our latest personal pronoun. Printed in our textbooks was a brief list of major holidays alongside a scattered arrangement of photos capturing French people in the act of celebration. The object was to match the holiday with the corresponding picture.
0: Today's discussion
1: was dominated by a Russian nanny, two chatty poles, and a pouty, plump Moroccan woman who had grown up speaking French and had enrolled in the class hoping to improve her spelling. She covered these lessons back in the third grade and took every opportunity to demonstrate her superiority.
0: A question would
1: be asked, and she would race to give the answer, behaving as if this were a game show, and if quick enough, she might go home with a tropical vacation or side-by-side refrigerator-freezer. She'd recently transferred to the class, and we could not wait until she was booted up to her appropriate level. Midway through the first day, she raised her hand so many times her shoulder had given out. Now she just leaned back in her seat and shouted the answers. Her bronzed arms folded across her chest like some great grammar genie. We finished discussing New Year's Eve and the teacher had moved on to Easter, which was represented in our textbook by a black and white photograph of a chocolate bell lying upon a bed of palm fronds. And what does one do on Easter? Would anyone like to tell us? A brave Italian was attempting to answer the teacher's latest question when the Moroccan student interrupted, shouting, "'Excuse me, but what's an Easter?' Despite having grown up in a Muslim country, it seems she might have heard it mentioned once or twice, but, "'No, I mean it,' she said. "'I have no idea what you people are talking about.' The teacher then called upon the rest of us to explain. The Poles led the charge to the best of their ability. It is, said one, a party for the little boy of God who called himself Jesus, and you know, like that. She faltered, and her fellow countrymen came to her aid. He called himself Jesus, and then he died one day on two morsels of lumber. The rest of the class jumped in, offering bits of information that would have given the Pope an aneurysm. He died one day, and then he go above of my head to live with your father. He wear the long hair, and after he died the first day, he come back here for to say hello to the peoples. He nice, he made the good thing, and on the Easter we be sad because someone make him dead today. Part of the problem had to do with grammar. Simple nouns such as cross and resurrection were beyond our grasp, let alone such complicated reflexive verbs as to give of yourself your only begotten son. Faced with the challenge of explaining the cornerstone of Christianity, we did what any self-respecting group of people might do. We talked about food instead. Easter is a party for to eat of the lamb, an Italian student explained. One too may eat of the chocolate. And who brings the chocolate? The teacher asked. I knew the word and so I raised my hand saying, the rabbit of Easter. Key ring of the chocolate. My classmates reacted as though I had pinned the delivery on a house cat. They were mortified. A rabbit? A rabbit? The teacher, assuming I used the wrong word, positioned their index fingers on top of her head, wiggling them as though they were ears. You mean one of these? A rabbit, rabbit? Well, sure, I said. He come in the night when one sleep on a bed. With a hand he have the basket, like for a bread. The Moroccan rolled her eyes and the teacher sadly shook her head. As if this explained everything that was wrong with my country. (laughs) No, no, she said. Here in France the chocolate is brought by a big bell that flies in from Rome. I called for a timeout. But how do the bell know where you live? Well, she said, how does a rabbit? It was a decent point, but at least a rabbit has eyes at the start. Rabbits move from place to place while most bells can only go back and forth. And they can't even do that on their own power. On top of that, the Easter bunny has character. He's someone you'd like to meet. A bell has all the personality of a cast iron skillet. It's like saying that come Christmas, a magic dustpan flies in from the North Pole. Led by eight flying cinder blocks. Who wants to stay up all night so they can see a bell? And why fly one in from Rome when they've got more bells than they know what to do with right there in Paris? That's the most implausible aspect of the whole story. Because there's no way the bells of France would allow a foreign worker to fly in. There's no way the Bells of France would allow a foreign worker to fly in and take their job. That Roman Bell would be lucky to get work cleaning up after a French Bell's dog. And how does a Bell hold the candy if it doesn't have any arms? How does it get into your house without being heard? It just didn't add up. I suppose similar questions could be asked at the Easter Bunny. I just never thought about it that hard. Nothing we said was of any help whatsoever to the Moroccan woman. Clearly disgusted, she just sat there, her lips positioned as if to spit. I wondered then if, without the language barrier, my classmates and I could have done a better job making sense of Christianity, an idea that sounds pretty far-fetched to begin with. In communicating any religious belief, the operative word is faith a concept illustrated by our very presence in that classroom. If I could hope to one day carry on a fluent conversation, it was a relatively short leap to believing that a rabbit might visit my home in the middle of the night,
0: leaving behind a handful
1: of chocolate kisses and a carton of menthol cigarettes. So why stop there? If I could believe in myself, why not give other improbabilities the benefit of the doubt? I told myself that despite her past behavior, my teacher was a kind and loving woman who had only my best interests at heart. I accepted the idea that an omniscient God had cast me in his own image, and that he watched over me and guided me from one place to the next. The virgin birth, the resurrection, and the countless miracles, my heart expanded to encompass all the wonders and possibilities of the universe. A bell, though. That's (laughs)
0: gone. All right, so you get the idea, right? You put a bunch of people in a room, and obviously they come from different backgrounds. You're going to have difficulty trying to explain. In this case, they're trying to explain the tenets of Christianity. So you mentioned faith a couple times, but then you also have belief. I think it's important to respect everything and everyone was raised differently so you're going to obviously be believing different things so gotta think about others so do you think that showed a little bit in this skit as well not really no okay what do you think the main like point that david Saris was trying to get across with this particular skit uh,
1: probably a barrier between everyone's beliefs yeah you know,
0: How, how you think and how you try to explain. And I'm glad you said barrier. What do you think the big barrier was in this particular case? Language. Yeah, the language was definitely the barrier, right? Yeah. And so, like, somebody not hearing anything about what it was, definitely belief in language play in a role, right? They go hand in hand, like, for sure. And it's interesting bringing in the element of language as well, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. But you definitely saw that from, like, all these different countries and different beliefs. It's pretty interesting. So, yeah. Isaac, what do you think? One of those three questions. Do you think? Do you have? What do you think of your belief on any one of those at all? Uh, on the second question, what role does yeah. belief have in being an American? Just like the, the group, I don't know how to say. It. Just American people in general have a lot of beliefs. So there's like certain traditions or things that they believe in. You know, like. Groundhog's Day. What other country do you see as Groundhog Day? Everybody! <laughs> Does everybody have Groundhog's Day? No. So, so that's <laughs> it's one like, of those things that, even though it's an old tradition, they still believe in it. Yeah. So it makes us who we are. Yeah. As, as people. So are you saying that Groundhog Day makes us American? Yes. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Okay. Yeah. Alright, you're right. That was a good, excellent specific point. I would never picked out Groundhog's but you're right. What other country has Groundhog Day? So. Yeah, it's very strange, but do you think that is a good thing? Do you think being American associated with something so obscure like Groundhog's Day or other holidays that other countries don't have, do you think that's a positive or do you think that's a negative? I see it as a positive because it makes us special in who we are compared to other countries that don't, don't have it. And I think, would you agree vice versa? Other countries that have customs or beliefs, that makes them unique as well? Yeah. I mean, I think it's unique in a positive yeah, Lay, hey, what do you think? Anything up there? What do you think about this idea of beliefs and custom, and then tying it to like being an American?
1: Mm-hmm. Think about what he said, like Groundhog right? Day. Like, yeah. Or like, what
0: is it? Um, I don't know if other countries have it, but like when we were kids, we would put um, money on our our pillow. Oh yeah. For the tooth fairy, and
1: so. Well, we wouldn't put it under, but we would think that the tooth fairy would collect our tooth
0: yeah. and put money under there. But in reality, it was our parents. So yeah. that could be like a role that could be like a yeah. that makes us American. And that you're bringing that up, it's funny because if you look close enough, I think this is a guess, but I'm pretty sure this is true. You can almost find a match for a lot of our stories that are customs the United States and other countries. It's just like different a little bit, but I've seen when I've gone looking for them. I've actually seen something similar to that practice. I mean, it's something very similar to something that exists in that country, which is interesting. So, and a lot of times where I thought, oh, this is so unique to us, and actually it was something that was existing all the time in another country if you look close enough, so. Let's
1: talk about the first question. What place impact do beliefs have and take in life? I feel like everywhere, no matter if it like, like religious or like if there's superstition that you may have. Yeah. Every part of your life, your beliefs impact you and impact who you are like what perspective you see in different situations, how you present yourself, how you um, take yourself to different places, what you are afraid of, what you like are not afraid of vice versa like I feel like it impacts every part of you
0: yep, yeah I agree and I think I I liked what Khalil said like he said he wasn't real religious but I think that unfortunately the news and the media play it like if you have belief it has to have to do with religion and I think it's a lot more deeper than that. Like beliefs shouldn't, I don't know, I think maybe it's the way social media play it off. It shouldn't have to be, your belief has to be attached to a religion either. I mean, there's a lot of other things that beliefs attach to. I don't. I think you realize that when you go to other countries and you see that in play, then you start to realize that beliefs don't have to necessarily be with just religion.